Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder from Metzmerized. Uh, with us today, we have a special guest, author Michael Stahl, uh, author of Big Sexy in His Own Words. It's a story, uh, I guess, the authorized biography of Bartolo Colon. And uh, yeah, Michael, we're really thrilled to have you on. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate you having me here. Thanks so much. No worries. So, of course, you know, Bartolo Colon is, uh, carries a bit of legend with him wherever he goes and a whole lot more. <laughs> but in New York, you know, the fans absolutely love him. Um, you know, at, at fans of a certain age remember him coming up with the Indians very early on. I think it was that 95, uh, 90, I'm sorry, 97 team. Uh, you know, just a young baby faced kid. And, uh, you know, he really made quite a career. I assume you kind of took, uh, delved into the nooks and crannies with him on this. Yeah. So the way uh, that all came together is, you know, the, the book is written in his voice, um, but I, you know, pretty much I would say I compiled it, uh, smooth things over. I, I interviewed him for f- about 14 hours, I think, in total. Uh, part of that at his house in New Jersey and part of that at his uh, place in the Dominican Republic. He lives part time in both places. And um, yeah, you know, uh, we go through his early life. Uh, and then, and then through his entire career and, uh, some of his thoughts, looking back on it, there's little sort of side interviews with family members, with friends, with, uh, colleagues from around baseball teammates like Manny Ramirez, for instance. And, um, yeah, I mean, going back to what you asked specifically about his, his Indians career, uh, you know, the Indians signed him, you know, out of the Dominican Republic, gave him his opportunity you know, he's, he's incredibly grateful to that franchise. He says actually that their uniform in the book, uh, we also have a size where I kind of ask him like, Hey, what's like your favorite stadium to play in? Uh, who's your favorite player, uh, to, to pitch against. And, you know, I asked him once, what's his favorite uniform that he ever wore. And he said the uh, Cleveland Indians was, uh, the number one favorite uniform that he's worn in his career. But, uh, you know, like so many other major league players before him, even Hall of Famers, I'm not sure if he makes the Hall of Fame, but but even Hall of Fame players, you know, Mickey Mantle got sent down, uh, you know, uh, to the minors when I think he was 19 years old. Bartolo came up, I believe he was 21, I want to say. And uh, he struggled uh, his first uh, full season. He was going up and down between Cleveland and Buffalo. But then uh, that 97 season, his first season, I think, where he pitched the entire year. Uh, with Cleveland. Uh, he just uh, was an all-star. Uh, he was a tremendous pitcher. And um, and then, uh, or sorry, this was uh, 98, I should say, pardon me. And then, uh, you know, he pitched uh, against the Yankees in that 98 uh, ALCS and, and shut them down. Right. And I think that's kind of where all of us, you know, kind of got to know this, this young arm and, um, you know, he really, uh, he performed well the rest of his time in Cleveland. He kept it, you know, if not under four ERA, right close to it. Um, you know, he was always been a command control guy, I guess, uh, there were times in his career where he guess he, he, it, the control eluded him, but, um, you know, even moving forward, he just, you know, went to Montreal after the trade, he did well, uh, Los Angeles, he got his all-star appearance and I believe that was his Cy Young award in, uh, with mm-hmm. the angels. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, you know, as his everyone's thinking his career's winding down and then he goes to Oakland and he, uh, puts up a career season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a career year. I think he, uh, was sixth in Cy Young voting that year. 
And that was 2013? Yeah, something like that. It might have even been fourth. Um, and, you know, and he's out of baseball completely for a year. And that right, is partly right. due to, you know, due to injuries uh, that he suffered while an angel um, that just persisted for, if I remember correctly, I want to say three whole years. Um, and also he had some awful uh, personal tragedy strike him uh, during that year that he was away from baseball as well. So I think, I think his year away uh, almost had as much to do with just dealing with family issues, which I get into in, in the book, exactly what happened uh, as much as it was him dealing with the uh, injuries. And then he's down in the Dominican Republic. He's kind of mourned the loss of, of a close family member of his and uh, has gotten himself healthy. He had that, what would wind up being a, a controversial surgery. Um, but, you know, he's healthy, and Tony Perez is down there, uh, who at the time was a coach for the Yankees. Tony Perez is down in the Dominican watching him pitch and says, hey, I'm going to tell the Yankees to call you. And they did. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of people might look at the back of Bartolo's baseball card and see that he was on the Yankees and think, oh, I, I totally forgot he was with the Yankees. He was only there one year. That, that's no big deal out of like a 21-year career. But actually, his time with the Yankees was massively important to him on a personal level and a, uh, a professional level because they welcomed him back into baseball. And then, you know, guys like Mariano Rivera, uh, teammates of his, including Mariano, you know, really kind of nurtured him through a difficult personal time as well. Yeah. And, you know, what always struck me about Bartolo Colon, and I'm sure in the same locker room as Mariano Rivera, uh, this had to have come up. Um, you know, he got by with mainly just one pitch. I know Bartolo, um, he would dabble outside of that. I, I guess you can call it a, a cut fastball or just a absolutely impeccable control on it. I guess he would mix in his changeup, but you know, I guess there had to be some uh, feeding off one another, even just, you know, kind of just kicking it in the, uh, in, in the clubhouse uh, between him and Rivera, who only threw his cutter uh, throughout his career, you know, and, and it, it, it served him well. I mean, you know, it wasn't to the extent that Mariano was where he would only throw one pitch, but uh, you pretty much knew what was coming with, with Cologne and, you know, he was able to put it where he wanted and that's, that's really half the battle. Um, but yeah, it does get overlooked that he was in New York for a season and, and you know, coming off his resurgence in Oakland, of course, he comes to New York and, uh, you know, he, <laughs> I can't say that the fan base was hoping for the, the, the Cologne that pitched to a 2.6 or something ERA in the, the season before. But, you know, he had stretches where he was absolutely brilliant and um, just ageless. He would come in and do whatever he was asked, barely walked hitters. And if he did, he would get those issues corrected right away. Um, and, you know, he made himself uh, just a, <laughs> a legend in Queens. It was really um, terrific. I know he's mentioned after, I guess, uh, making his comeback uh, during during this whole ordeal that that we're all kind of waiting for the end of um, that his you know, some of his best times in his career were with New York. I'm sure you guys expanded on that in, in the book um, considerably, right? Oh, yeah, there's a ton ton of Mets stuff in there. And, and I am personally a lifelong Mets fan, born, raised and living in Queens. Um, and, you know, I, I <laughs> Although I don't think the fact that I'm a Mets fan is is the reason there's a lot of Mets stuff in the book. I think the reason is, is that Bartolo said that, you know, the franchise that, you know, he he felt the most connected to 
he said recently in an interview that if he comes back, he wants to come back with the Mets. You know, the Mets are, are sort of his home franchise, even though he's been with so many other teams and came up with Cleveland, et cetera. You know, the Mets, he just loved that franchise. He loved being around those guys, being with that team. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, when he comes over to the Mets in 2014, you know, he's, he's also coming off a fairly recent steroid suspension, uh, which we do get into in the book as well. Um, oh, he's very, uh, he's, he's very upfront about, about that, that he did steroids. Um, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you in on the fact that when I was interviewing him about that, I, I said to him, I said, so this was only a one-time thing, right? And the way he reacted, I could tell he was being genuine because it just like pained him to even think that he would do it again after getting caught that, that, that one time he said, yeah, he, he, he said, Oh yeah. He, he said, first of all, even if I wanted to do it again, I couldn't because once they catch you, major league baseball tests you constantly. Um, and he felt so terrible calling his father. He felt so terrible, uh, apologizing to Billy Bean, uh, the general manager of the athletics at that time. So I think as a Mets fan for me personally, and I'm sure there are many Mets fans that felt the same way. You know, we were skeptical. I think he was 40, 41 when he first comes to the Mets. Uh, he's coming off a, a fairly recent steroid suspension, although he did have, I think, that great year in Oakland came, came actually after the steroid suspension. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, at the same time in New York with the Mets, he didn't have the pressure to be uh, an ace. He was basically the number five starter. And if you're a number five starter in the National League, if you pitch to an ERA probably at or under four, which I think he did all three of his years, or, or maybe it was right around there with the Mets. I mean, that's fine. That's serviceable. That's what you want out of your fifth starter in the, in the National League. Oh, for sure. And I think he even probably alluded, um, uh, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words here. He probably, um, he, he overachieved. And, you know, they brought him in to be a certain type of player. And, um, you know, going into, into 2016, you know, he was one of the more, um, he was arguably the best pitcher on the staff and he, without his contributions, there's a very good chance the Mets don't make it to, uh, albeit a one game wild card appearance, but they don't make it to the postseason that year. And, um, he had a lot to do with that. And, uh, you know, I think his, his, his joy for the, for the game and his work ethic and, <laughs> you know, just the, the home run, of course, the uh, the behind the back toss to first base. I mean, I'm just try- running through my brain. You know, he endeared himself to, to himself to the fan base. And, um, you know, I, we like to feel that 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 love was reciprocated. And, uh, you know, it, he's just he's a wonder. And I, I believe was it 2018? He racked up the most wins for a Latino born player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's just uh you know, he's done terrific things. I, I do, of course, want to ask a little bit about the home run. What was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, he says in the book that that was his number one most memorable moment on the ball field. Uh, you know, maybe some people might think like, ah, that, well, that's obvious. And it's like, well, you know, when you think about his career, maybe not. You know, he won 20 games. Like I said, he had that great game in 98 against the Yankees and the ALCS that put the Indians up two games to one. Um, he had the behind the back toss in Florida <laughs> against against the Marlins with the Yankees. He had all he you know he had a ton of of great moments in his career. He had the thirty eight consecutive strikes right, uh, right. against uh, uh, with uh, Oakland. So you know, but yeah, the home run actually ranks at the top of his uh, of his memories list. And he said uh, 
that first, uh, you know, that he was approaching first base, uh, Will Myers, uh, had his arms crossed and gave him a look like, uh, I can't believe you just hit a home run. And then he crossed the second base and Alexi Ramirez is the shortstop. And he and Alexi Ramirez were, were teammates on the Chicago White Sox. And then he says to Alexi Ramirez, he says, I can't believe I just hit a home run. <laughs> so, you know, it's that, it's that, and that's how it reads in the book. And it's just that that's how he told it to me, you know? Um, and, uh, it's, it's just very funny. And then, you know, and he, he said he took a look at all the Mets fans and the seven line army were, were outside out, out in the stands in that during that game. And he, and he took that in and, and then just, you know, his fan, his uh, teammates, you know, pretending like they were in the clubhouse, like they were ignoring him as his home run didn't mean anything. And then, you know, the jokes over and they, they swarm him at the end of the dugout. I mean, he just, uh, he ate it all up. He ate it all up. He said, he said that the Grom and all the pitchers that he was on that team with Harvey, Matt's Noah Syndergaard, they all just like wanted to pick his brain. And they just kept asking him, like, how does it feel? Like, I can't believe it. And he just kept saying like, I, I, I'm blown away. I'm amazed. This is incredible. Well, you know, he every time he went up to bat, he swung like he wanted. Well, when he swung, I should say, he swung like he wanted to hit a home run. His helmet would fly off. He'd, you know, he was up there to hit. You knew, and I believe I know Gary Cohen and Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez talked about in this uh, talked about this in the in the booth, you know, nonstop. You know, if he ever makes contact, that ball is going to travel. And he hit a couple of doubles, and I, I, you know, seeing him hustle for a double might have been more entertaining than watching him trot around a home run. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was, I'm a big man myself. I, I just adore, adore Bartolo and what he did. Just absolutely adore it. But not to get off that point, he looks in terrific shape now, just seeing pictures that, uh, that are coming out and in him in training, he looks in fantastic shape. I'm now I'm envious, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, it, endearing himself, like I said before, endearing himself to the fan base. Uh, he had already done that. And by the time he hit the home run, just he was an absolute legend. Like that was just, you know, to do it in front of the seven line army, um, the the incredulous tone in, in the booth's voice. I believe uh, Ron Darling lets out just a natural, an all natural cackle uh, when it goes out. You yeah. know, you hear the joy in Gary's voice. Um just a, a seminal moment for this. We don't get a lot of high points. So when we get him, we, we, we really, uh, we really embrace him. And, and that's just, you know, it to go along with everything else he did in blue and orange. Uh, you know, that's just icing on the cake. Yeah. To me, you mentioned the call, uh, you know, to me, the best part about that call is when Bartolo makes contact, you know, Gary is speaking. And if you know, sort of quote unquote, the rules of like the booth, you know, the color commentator is not supposed to step on the call, on the play-by-play call. They're supposed to stay silent. Um, but Ron Darling couldn't help himself. So when Cologne makes contact, you hear Darling go, oh! like. Yeah. And, but you can also kind of tell he has to hold back because he doesn't want to step on Gary. So just as Gary goes into, he, you know, he dri- and Cologne drives one the whole call, you do hear Ron hold back, but he can't totally hold back you know, his, his emotion and his excitement, uh, for Bartolo in that moment. Yeah. Oh, it was just, it, you know, it's incredible. Cause you know, we're, you know, we're Mets fans, we're diehards We you know, you know that we were all watching if we're a 10 o'clock start in San Diego, like, you know, it was just, uh, it, it was magical. And, you know, it, I guess he noted that he would like to come back to New York. And if we ever play baseball again, um, 
you know, if the Mets need another arm, you know, the guy throws strikes. Uh, he looks to be in terrific shape. So, yeah, yeah, you have to uh, you have to wonder whether um, whether he does get another shot here. I think that would be exciting. I don't know if it'll happen, but, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, sure. And I'm sure if he does get the chance, you know, he'll put forth that same effort he always did. I think it would be uh, it would be exciting. It add a fun wrinkle. And, you know, quality depth is you can never have enough of it. And uh, again, if he could still throw strikes, you know, Jason Vargas came in and threw 87 mile an hour strikes for a year. Why can't Bartolo do it? So <laughs> yeah, um, there was there was one year the Mets had like eight starters or something. And, and they were talking about, oh, we. We have so much pitching depth. Uh, we should trade somebody. This might have been something like 2013 or maybe 2014 or something. And then sure enough, like that year, like five guys all got hurt or something. And they still needed to bring up, you know, they, they're like adding guys to the to the 40 men roster or something. So, yeah, I mean, you never need enough arms. Um, Bartolo would want to come back if the Mets uh, called him up. I'm sure I'm sure he'd at least answer the call. I know that much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as he would. I wouldn't expect anything less from him, but, um, Michael, where can, where can we find the book right now? I know I was poking around on Amazon and, uh, it's up there, but is there a preferred destination that anybody interested can go find it? If anybody wants to buy the book, I'm not going to stop them. Uh, and neither will, the <laughs> internet. neither will the internet. You can just, just Google it. Big, sexy Bartolo Cologne in his own words, uh, by Bartolo Cologne and, and me, Michael Stahl, just, just Google probably big sexy book. That's all you'll need to 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 Google to find it. And it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on the Abrams Books website. Who published it? It's everywhere. Right. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention Abrams Books. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I have mine coming, so I cannot wait to delve into this. This was pretty much a primer for me. I mean, we all know the story, right. but I guess to hear it in Bartolo's words, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, listen, you know. Uh, if you love baseball and if you're any kind of fan of Bartolo's and even if you're not, you're going to love the book. Just, uh, it's just chock full of so many little pieces of information. So many great little stories. You know, we got a story in there about his pet donkey from when he was a kid. Um, you know, we, we have this, you know, this great Cecil Fielder story from when they were teammates on, on the, uh, the Indians and they had to, you know, their, their, their strength and conditioning coach ordered them to, go on like a two man bicycle and, and, and ride around uh, the stadium together during spring training. So if you could picture Cecil Fielder and Bartolo Colon on a bike together, uh, that's, that's the image we paint in the book. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just, just tons of little things like that. You get a really good insight into what it's like for these guys in the minor leagues. You get insight into what it's like for these guys coming out of the Dominican. Uh, you know, book came out exactly how I wanted it to. I'm really proud of it. And I think, if you like baseball, if you like Bartolo, you just, I really mean this. You're going to love the book. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, how, how does the old saying go? How, how can he not be romantic about baseball? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the story of Bartolo is just, uh, it's a romantic story in itself for, for, in some ways. So Michael, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Um, everybody, I'll, I'll attach the links where you can purchase the book when it comes out on Metsmerized on Wednesday. Uh, uh, Michael, Ed, do you do social media? Can anybody follow you there? Yeah, you could find me on Twitter at uh, my handle is Michael R. Stahl. My last name is S-T-A-H-L. Uh, I think I'm um, on Instagram. It's my same handle. And then my website is MichaelStahlWrites.com. MichaelStahlWrites.com. Excellent. 
everybody, you heard it there. Um, go search for Michael Stahl, Big Sexy, from Abrams Books. And uh, Michael, again, a million thanks for coming on the show. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, hopefully we get some baseball soon. Same to you, and let's go Mets, as always. Let's go Mets. You know it, man. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Let's go!